so I didn't really drink much. I got drunk a couple times in high school, but uh, was always worried about what people may think. And so I didn't get in um, much trouble that way. Um, when I was in high school, I was um, I played football, I played sports, uh, but I also um, was a guy cheerleader. And uh, so I could play football during the football season. And when basketball showed up, um, I was uh, a cheerleader throwing girls around. And it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my motivation was who would want to hang out with the most popular and hottest girls in high school when you're a sophomore. And uh, anyway, the reason I tell you that story is after I graduated from high school, um, Weber State College was having tryouts and they were offering a scholarship. And so my buddy goes, dude, we got to try out. And so I went up there, I tried out and uh, made the squad. And um, when I became a cheerleader, I started hanging out with people that were more worldly, um, started getting drunk a little bit more. It was during the seventies. I was a disco king. I had a big Afro. Uh, my nickname was Burhead, And I loved to be where the party was, where the music was, and I could never get enough fun. And, you know, at that time, um, I was up in uh, Ogden crashing at a buddy's place. We watched the movie Up in Smoke. And I said, I want to do that. And it was just on from that moment. Um, interesting, when I stop and I think about my drinking, I like to think, well, I controlled it for a while. I didn't go crazy right off the bat. And, you know, as the years have gone by, 15 years later, and I've become more honest about it. You know what? I was pretty much a black blackout drinker when I started. I mean, if you rolled the dice, it was probably about 70% of the time I'd black out. And the other 25% of the time was because we didn't have enough. Um, or I just somehow was able to stop before I hit that point. And, uh, you know, fortunately for myself, I never got a DUI. Um, and um, never had any problems that way. But, you know, um, I was what was kind of classified as a periodic. Sometimes I could have a beer or two, other times I'd get drunk and I just never knew what was going to happen. It was interesting though. Um, my first child was born, she's 25 now. And uh, I was going back to Utah to introduce um, the mother of my child and my baby to my parents and, uh, or to my family. And I was in the mortgage industry. We were flying out of John Wayne Airport. We left out of there. And I didn't remember John Wayne Airport until we were coming back. I totally flew out there with, with them in a blackout, going into probably one of the most important times of my life when my parents were meeting the mother of my child and my child. And uh, anyway, fast forward on, um, really, uh, there was never, uh, I, I, I just... And I did a lot of uh, drugs too. Um, the way I got to Alcoholics Anonymous is my wife was ready to um, throw me out unless I quit. And so I called a buddy of mine um, that had seven years sober. He took me to a meeting on a Monday night, uh, 12 and 12. And uh, we read step one that first night. And, uh, you know, I remember going into the meeting. I thought there was a lot of drunk. I mean, uh, grumpy people, and I'd be grumpy too if I couldn't drink anymore. And, uh, you know, uh, we read step one, 
Um, I ask who John Barleycorn was. That's still a big joke because I go to that meeting and um, haven't found it necessary to drink or use since going to that first meeting. Um, and it's not anything that I did, except I continue to stay willing to follow some instructions from some people, some suggestions, and, uh, and believe that there might be a solution to this. Uh, my buddy had me go to meetings. I'd been to uh, three meetings. He said, hey, so who have you met? And I go, I haven't met anybody, you know. And he goes, I want you to introduce yourself to three people when you go to a meeting. And, uh, you know, if you're new, I encourage you to do that. Even though you're on Zoom, you can still chat people. Um, there are some meetings that are opening up. Um, we do sobriety together. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of God talking in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I got excommunicated from the Mormon church. So the word God, the religion, the whole thing, I had so much guilt with that. Uh, but I stayed honest and open that maybe there was something to it. Um, and, um, you guys helped me hear about the, the message of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and how God could play a part in it. You know, um, if I go to this Friday night couch meeting and I never will forget one night after at the end of the meeting, we were praying out and somebody said, we're going to do the third step prayer. And I didn't know it at the time, but I, I, I start every day and, well, I start almost every day with it and I finish almost every day with it. And I just think it's, it's the way I try to live my life. Uh, it's God. I offer myself to be, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. relieve me of the bondage of self that I better do, better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, in thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And I love that prayer. Um, I was talking to another alcoholic today and I said, you know, I truly believe Alcoholics Anonymous is all about the grace of God. And it's not things that we have to, I don't think it's things that I did. It's things that happened to me because I do this a day at a time. I help other people. Um, and I think it's important. I didn't know whether I was an alcohol, alcoholic when I got here. I wrote down my history of times I lost control with drinking and doing drugs. And there was no doubt I was an alcoholic. And so I looked at that and I said, I can't take back that power again. Because if I do, I'm bringing back all the insanity of blackouts, driving, um, you know, looking at the family members and they're going, man, I can't believe you did it again. And I don't have to do that now, um, but I, we, we do it together. Um, I go to that Monday night, 12 and 12, uh, every Monday. Um, since COVID's happened, I've got a cup picked up a couple of men's stags meetings that I go to. I love going to guys meetings where guys can be guys and they can be honest. And we read the big book. And, um, if you haven't picked up the big book and read it lately, I encourage you to do so. And it, the coolest part is you can open it any, anywhere in that book and relate to it. For myself, uh, we read Dr. Paul's story, Accepting is the Answer. The first Friday night I was sober or Saturday night, I went to a big book study. We read that story. I related to it. He did drugs. He drank. 
His wife was ready to throw him out. And, uh, and, he, and he talked about, you know, what he can control, his actions and his attitude. And what we focus on tends to get bigger and bigger. And so for today, a day at a time, I like to focus on right here, right now, and that I have a solution to stay sober another day at a time. And I have an amazing opportunity of sharing my experience, strength, and hope about the wreckage of my past, the desperation that I had to follow the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and how I get to share that with other people and give them hope. I don't think I'd be where I am. No, I know I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for people that shared their stories, the wreckage of their past, and gave me hope for doing 24 hours at a time. So I, I, I love this meeting. Um, I love all you guys. Um, my number's on here. I love talking to alcoholics throughout the day. Um, I encourage you to give me a call and see if I answer the phone because I try to. And if not, I call back pretty quick. And the reason it is, that's what people did for me in the beginning. So welcome and thanks for letting me share.